Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is your time. This is podcast. Welcome to the all-time misfit podcast where you have yours truly little B at Brunelli Sports, Chris, a.k.a. Hater at Supercharge 33, and Tyler at T underscore Dement. Today, we also have a very special guest, Coach Mike Faber at the Coach Mike F. Welcome. How are you doing today, Coach? Excellent, guys. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for uh, coming on. Uh, so we have a really good week of news. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and just start uh, getting into it and talking about the big one, I think, of the week. Uh, we'll go ahead and start about the Dak Prescott injury. I think that might have been the biggest thing that happened since the last episode. So uh, I'll go ahead and... Uh, let the coach, our new guest, uh, give his thoughts and opinions on Dak. One, I mean, you never want to see anybody get hurt, especially like that. I'm not a Cowboy fan by any means of the word, but uh, you never want to see someone go down. It's going to be really interesting. The Cowboys came in this year, what, you thought they were going to compete, right? Like they have a chance for something special. They, they have all the weapons. They have they have the names and places. Uh, but with him going down, this is so many different levels. Uh, what if they do better without, because they weren't really doing great with. And then what will that mean for him, his future, his future in Dallas? Uh, hopefully he can come back and still play the game. Uh, we've seen injuries like this turn turn bad. And also it keeps the, the East, NFC East, very interesting because you could be really bad and win. Yeah, this uh, the, NS- the NFC East definitely is going to probably put a team – with the under 500 record into the playoffs this year. It's almost like those years where you wish that the division winner didn't get an automatic bid into the playoffs because, I mean, nobody in the NFC East right now really deserves a shot in the playoffs. Uh, what about you, uh, Chris? What do you have to say about the DAC injury? It's a huge loss for the Cowboys. Um... In my opinion, that was on an MVP caliber level. Like, um, the contract year, obviously, you, you hope that it doesn't hurt his contract status. And, uh, not getting that contract before the season started now really looks bad for him. Um, on the Cowboys side, uh, losing your leader is never easy. But in Dalton, it's just not his first year. Yeah, it's been around a lot. Uh, I think he can lead the Cowboys to the playoffs, especially in a close division. If Andy Dalton can do it with the Bengals, I think he can do it with the way better Cowboys team. Yeah, it's uh, it's the defense step up. Yeah, the defense definitely needs to step up for Dallas, but I still think of. Like Coach said, there's a lot of they have a lot of the pieces there. It's just I think coaching that really needs to step up and you know get these guys playing better to a better level. But uh, Tyler, what do you have on the Dak Prescott injury? 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you guys already said, but, yeah, the injury itself was just nasty. I actually – I didn't see it actually happening. I looked back at it, and it was not good. Uh, you hate to see that, and I'm obviously not a Cowboys fan either. Uh, I mean, my big thing is, is, like, will he come back from it, like, completely, you know, the way he was before? And, and what does it do for his money? Because, you know, he obviously thought that he was getting some really, really big contract in the off season and – uh, I think you got to wonder now if, if he's still going to get that kind of money or if it's going to even be like a five-year type deal. Um, and as far as the Cowboys, I mean, I have no doubt that Andy Dalton can't get that Cowboys team to the playoffs, but they will be the same Cowboys in the playoffs with Dalton that they've been the last however many years that they haven't been able to do anything in the playoffs because I've seen from experience he's, he don't have what it takes when the lights uh, are shining the brightest. Yeah, I, I've always liked Andy Dalton. I think Dalton's a good quarterback. Um, I know what Tyler's saying because we've all seen it, but I think also that has to do with a lot of his previous coaching under Marvin, Marvin Lewis and uh, in company, and he's never really had – I mean, he's got the Bengals to the playoffs, um, but he's never had the greatest Bengals teams either. So it's it, the whole Cowboys team can actually get going and be a unit – and let's say that maybe this Dak Prescott injury is the driving force for them to finally unite and become a team. This could be a dangerous thing for the NFC East and could be for the Cowboys. And the worst thing that could happen for Dak and his contract and his situation is if Andy Dalton can go in there and keep winning, get to the playoffs and even win a playoff game. If that's all they do, then do you really look at Dak and be like, yeah, well, he's a franchise quarterback still, and uh, he's worth all this money when Andy Dalton did the same thing under the under the Cowboys. So uh, there's a lot that's going to happen. I agree with the coach. You don't want to see any player get hurt, definitely like that. Um, I'm not a Cowboy fan by God means at all. Um, I do uh, – I am a Packers fan, as you all know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Dak Prescott. I always enjoyed him. I think he's a decent quarterback, but I just think he's a decent quarterback. I don't think he's a special quarterback. And I know quarterbacks are getting overpaid, but he should have just took the 35, 32 million that the Cowboys offered him and ran with it because that's about where he should be paid with the new landscape of the quarterback market. Um, does anybody else have anything left on Dak before we move on? All right, we'll keep moving on. We'll go ahead and go to the next biggest news of the week. Uh, the Jets released uh, the wrong player or coach or whatever you want to say. Uh, they really, uh, The Jets have released Le'Veon Bell, and the Kansas City Chiefs took no time on signing him and bringing him into town. Um, the Jets obviously obviously should have fired and released uh, Adam Gase. Uh, so th- there's a lot of questions there, and I'm hoping to see during this podcast that they fired him after the butt whooping they received from the Miami Dolphins today. Um so Le'Veon Bell definitely goes into Kansas City. That's probably the perfect fit for him. He's on a contender now, which is he, what he wants. He wants to win Super Bowl, um, and uh, he fits that offense. It just sucks for Clyde Edwards-Alaire because I was really excited for him, and I just think more throughout the season he was going to get better and better. But now with Le'Veon Bell coming in in tow, I think uh, Clyde Edwards is not going to see as much opportunity. So I'm curious to see. Uh, Coach, what do you have on Le'Veon Bell? It's interesting how players change, right? Remember Le'Veon Bell a couple years ago was show me the money guy, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted to be paid. He wanted to get value. 
He said how good he was. And he said the Steelers didn't appreciate him. A couple other players have stated that about the Steelers as well, that they do not pay uh, after a certain level, and they don't. It seems to work out well for them and not the players that leave, at least recent history. Um, with, with Le'Veon Bell, yeah, losing sucks, right? And sometimes we forget that when you're getting paid. Losing still sucks. Right? Like as, a, as I was a basketball coach, uh, as being a coach, it wasn't like, hey, I got paid today, so I don't care if we win. I don't know if you're ever like that if you have a competitive spirit. So getting out of uh, New York Jets organization right now might be the greatest gift one person can receive in the NFL. Uh, the whole organization looks like it's off the rails. And, I mean, does, does Trevor Lawrence, does he even want to go there? I don't know what's in store for them other than like a, a complete explosion and then try to bring it back together. I think would be their best option is still years and years in the making. Uh, which is sad because you felt like a couple of years ago they went for it with Bell uh, and some other people that they added to their roster. Uh, now in Kansas City, it makes it very interesting. That team got, I mean, you added a dynamic player to the roster of a team that has dynamic players, Super Bowl champs. Uh, you could say they're pretty good. I mean, I think that'd probably be an understatement, but at least you, we could all agree on that, hopefully. Uh, the thing for fantasy players, I think this is the most interesting part. For fantasy players, best case scenario, like each player has 50% of value as of right now, uh, the, the rookie running back that was, and now Bell being there. And worst cases, if one of those completely dominates the other. So guys that thought they had two players, uh, now you're not sure what you have, and we have to see how it happens. And if you have to guess right, and hope, you know, one game, one goes off, one game, another goes off. We saw it last year when they picked up LaShawn McCoy uh, with Andy Reid and, and that team. You never know how they're going to play it, but they have a plan now, and no one else knows it. So it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds and see if this brings KC back up to where long favorite to win again. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, for hitting the fantasy point, uh, as fantasy players and who's listening out there, you're hoping that Kansas City can be the San Francisco Niners of last year where they had three, maybe four running backs be fantasy relevant week in and week out. And maybe that's what they do. Maybe they, because with Sammy Watkins being hurt and the wide receivers not really showing, uh, maybe they just really dink and dunk and use the wide receivers more into the, or the running backs more into the passing game and uh, run the ball a little bit more with Andy Reid. He can coach running backs we've been proven he's always had one so we'd be curious to see what happens i do just find it a little weird that you know you waste you use a first round draft pick which most people don't anymore on a running back to then just say five games into the season we're gonna say we need a running back but uh chris what do you have on Le'Veon bell i mean yeah i'm going to put him playing if i'm running on bell like uh the host is saying, I'm the lead. Thank God. I don't have to deal with the best. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to dance for no reason. Like, I don't dance. I don't dance for not even hosting two in football anymore. He's not bad. Right? Um, what did I say from this? Cuddle, there's no lead build at the end of the what is that the fourth time in the since um the early nineties? 
Common Cabs um, realized that it's the ownership, and I don't know. I don't know what the internet, but I need to know that one has to know. Um, but you know, Bell, uh, and Hanson Clinton can play uh, add on. And you remember in uh, Philadelphia, you know, they had. Uh, Ryan Westbrook, and then they had Pharrell Buckhalter. And he was really, you know, changed the pace at that. So I'm thinking they use that same kind of style to uh, change it up. I don't think, I think the workload was a lot for a working running run back to sort of in his working year. Yeah. Um, Tyler, what do you have on uh, Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome if you're uh, on Bell because, I mean, obviously that wasn't the spot for him, but you can make the argument that no offensive player is a good spot in Adam Gase's um, system because, I mean, he's no good for any offensive player. Um, but, I mean, I think if you're on Bell, it's, it's a really good thing because I think that, you know, assuming that he plays pretty well for Kansas City in what should be probably a limited role, Next year, he could probably go out and and be a starter for a team because the thing about Le'Veon Bell is I still think he's a really good player. Um, I mean, remember, he set out one whole year, um, and then ever since he's been in with the Jets, uh, they haven't used him correctly and haven't used him as much. So I think he's probably a lot more fresh than, than people probably would think for what his age is. And, I mean, I think that it's good for him, and hopefully um, – you know, he shows people that he still has it in him to um, to be a good running back. Yeah, um, I agree with a lot with everybody said. Uh, Coach nailed it a lot too on the topics of Le'Veon Bell just wanting money. Um, sometimes you want to look at the whole situation. Adam Gase is not good for anybody. We have said that multiple times on this podcast. We have mul- multiple times have mentioned that. The Jets would be looking at Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, Mike Scalixi, Ryan Tannehill. The list goes on and on of players who are flourishing under away from him, I should say. So, uh, yeah, good for Le'Veon Bell, good for the Chiefs, unfortunately. That's a really good signing. And it's just funny because I'm sitting here looking at it, and uh, the year they signed him was the year that the New York Jets just went out out all on free agents. That was the year of Tremaine Johnson, Terry Bridgewater, Le'Veon Bell, Morris Claiborne, you know, they did all this to try to build a team. And now, is any of these guys on the roster? No. The, the Jets will Jets, I guess, is what I'm just trying to say. Um, we'll go ahead and keep moving on. Uh, no shocker here. We had a we had a special about the NBA playoffs where we all predicted the Lakers with Spicy from Twitter uh, winning the title. Well, our predictions became true with the uh, Lakers winning the title against the Miami Heat. And uh, I'll go ahead and let a uh, coach give his thoughts about this. Definitely, since he's an ex basketball coach. Okay, you guys set me up with this one. Uh, <laughs> so, everybody, anybody that's ever listened to me when I uh, talk sports often, they know my feeling about the whole LeBron James conversation. I've been called the LeBron James hater for like a decade. Uh, what the Lakers did was great under the situation that it was under. And and by no means, anything I say is a fault of the Lakers, by any means. 
But we all know the difference of games with crowds, with audiences, right? Mm-hmm. With that emotion, with that feeling, and games without. These games were five-on-five five games, almost like pick up, at, pick up at the Y. I don't know if we saw the best two teams in the championship. I don't know if we saw the best team win. I know we saw the best team in that atmosphere, in that situation win, because that's all we have to go off of. At the beginning of the year, it was a championship between two teams. It was either going to be the Lakers or the Clippers. When the Clippers lost, we figured it was going to be the Lakers, right? That yeah. being said, I think in that in that situation, in the situation we're in and that they're in and they're facing, uh, what they did was what they should do. I, the Lakers had a really good team. Uh, they were better than the Heat team. I think everybody can admit that. Right? Like They were better than any team the left. They had two of the top five players right now playing on their roster. Um, that's pretty tough to beat, uh, especially when there's no traveling, there's no, there's no time lag, there's no, uh, you know, away team hotel, there's no hope that you don't get sick from the food when you're in another town, people do wrong things, All right? Like, there's no fans in your ear, right, like harassing LeBron or, or anybody else. There was none of that added pressure and added difficulty. So, like I said, none of this is the Lakers' fault. But as a basketball junkie, this was a tough year because of everything that wasn't their fault. Congratulations, they are the champion. I don't think there's any asterisk or anything that needs to go on it. But to me, it just it was five-on-five five pick up and the best team won. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said. I don't think the Lakers were the best team in this season. I mean, of course, Laker fans will hooper and holler and yell at us and say we're haters and LeBron's this and LeBron and Anthony Davis that. Um, I I think a lot of what you said matters. I think if it was a traveling, the Heat had their atmosphere or whoever was able to face them, I think the Lakers would have not be able to win as far as they did. I just think they won the, the situation they were in and congratulations, they are the champions. But uh, Chris, what do you have on the Lakers? I mean, I'm pretty much all predicted they would win from the start. But I exactly what Harrison was saying. I wonder what it been like with fans and uh, traveling. No, there's that whole mystique uh, that the hotel poison might be going to for the playoff game. And that's how he got sick. So there is always that angle. Um, no, the way it's played great defense, they hit a collapse at any point in this playoff run, but they didn't. And, and that's part of, a part of it is, is a little wrong, and you have to give LeBron's leadership uh, a little bit of uh, merit. But I think the Miami Heat were more impressive, in my opinion, especially Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler would have had a great game six, I would want to make an argument that Jimmy Butler has been the MVP of the NBA Finals, even if they lost. Yeah, Jimmy definitely carried that heat. I shouldn't say carried, but he definitely was balling out during the NBA Finals. Ah, uh, he did. Yeah. 
They would um, not have won James Moore without him. Yeah, you're right. They wouldn't have. He definitely, I mean, he was the heart and soul of that team and carrying him on his back at the same time. Um, the Heat got there. You know, I've always liked Jimmy uh, Butler since his Chicago days. I thought it was a mistake that the Chicago did the way he did and got what they got from him. He was way more worth. And then, long story, that's falling back and talking about things that happened years ago. But, yeah, um, you have anything else there, Chris, before I pass it off to Tyler? Post on the set on Jimmy's bucket plan. Yeah, you're right. All right, Tyler, what do you have on the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, it like you guys said, a lot of it, you know, it's not surprising that the Lakers won. And I agree with what Coach said, too. I mean, I'm not sure that the best team won, um, you know, and it's hard to, hard to say that um, just because, you know, so many things that normally happen didn't happen this year. Um, I mean, I think you could probably make an argument that the Lakers might be the most talented team, but, you know, that doesn't always, you know, equal the best team. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, not surprising that they won. Um, the Heat look over, looked overmatched. Um, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he he's a beast. He He's underrated. Um, I mean, he's a big-time gamer. And, and you know, it, it sucks, too, because, you know, the Heat, they had to play a couple of them games without um, – Bam Adebayo too, which he's a big time player for them. But you know, I think it. I think that when we seen you know the way that the uh, NBA was going to be this year, that it. I always kind of thought it was almost inevitable that the Lakers was going to win this year. Yeah, I mean, as much as I hate the Lakers, as much as I hate LeBron James, as much as I don't like Anthony Davis anymore, um, you just knew it was going to happen. Um, and definitely, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. You know, when that happened, the Lakers were going to make it a, a case to make sure that they brought the title home this year. Um, yeah, I I don't know if there's much more to say about the Lakers. They won. It's over. Tyler, do you have anything left? No, I'm okay. All right. So uh, we'll go ahead and move on. We'll go and uh, give you a quick uh, recap about the MLB update. The Rays finally – Finally, after having a 3-0 lead against the Astros, knocked the Astros out and advanced the World Series in Game 7. Um, good on the Rays. I was rooting for them. I had them in my MLB predictions to make it all the way to the World Series and was laughed at by one of my co-hosts for this prediction. So, uh, good on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, I'm sorry, Coach. I'm sorry, listeners, but I have to vet here for a second. Um, the Atlanta Braves, the Dodgers are play- about to start uh, the first pitch and uh, there is no reason this game should have ever gone or should be in game seven. Brian Snitaker is a joke as a manager in the playoffs. It is time to move on from Snit. He cannot make the right decisions or the right calls or the lineups when it needs to be made in the playoffs. Every week. E- exact. Every day. It's the same lineup. No changes. Oh, Travis Denard struggling. Austin Riley's not trash. He's just more he's of a – he's Dan Ugla. He's Dan Ugla. Um, he is not Dan Ugla. That's what – he's a home run or a strikeout guy. That's what he is. That's what Dan oh, Ugla is. Nothing. But – and he's a better defender than Dan Ugla. He's actually a very good defender and has a good yeah, club. Yeah, he is. But um, the issue is Nick Markakis is not showing up, but we keep throwing him out there. We don't put Marcel Azuna out in the outfield and start somebody else at DH. Um, 
Mistake after mistake. The bullpen. I would game. not put Marcelo Zuna in that outfield. He has no arm. He has a better arm than Nick Marcakis. But you look. Game five bullpen game should have never happened. To not start Max Freed on one day less of rest is a complete another joke. Max Freed would have easily won that game for us, kept the score down, and our offense would have at least scored the three runs that our offense would have been more than enough. It was a joke call, and it was a bullcrap call, and laughing about it is not the right thing. That was a, that was the game-changing, series-changing event of this series. And uh, I know the game, the series is not over, but I have no faith in Brian Snitaker. I think it's a joke that when it was a huge loss when Andrew the ball went down, but we should have brought in the Ender up or brought up another starter. I mean, I rather saw faulty pitch one game instead of doing the bullpen game. Um, I can't go. I can go on all day. Um, I just think everything that's happened in this series is. Uh, a joke so uh i'll go ahead and uh let uh our coach uh speak on anything if he does have anything on the atlanta braves or the world series first let me give you credit because you called the race i mean that that's an impressive call um it's imp- isn't it just amazing how the rays do what they do and they'll, they'll go in and out of being like super competitive and not but never really do it by bringing in a lot of people that people will know about. Uh, yeah. So I got to give credit I got to give credit to them cuz I'm a fan of a team that spends a bunch of money and we never win. So it's like I You're a Yankee, know. aren't you? The Mets fan. I will say yeah, Mets. Uh Yankees, they won a whole bunch. I hate the Yankees. No, I don't like you for hate, <laughs> but I, uh, I hate the Yankees. No offense. Uh, I'm not real fond of the Braves either. I'm using nice terms. I didn't know if you were if you were a Braves fan. I knew that before coming on. I wouldn't have came on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if I knew you were a best man, I would have, I would have poked at you a little bit more about Chipper Jones and shit. Right. You know, listen, I mean, shit. It, oh, not in that, not in that. The Mets are an easy joke. Uh, Bobby Bonilla is like our fourth highest paid player, and he's probably our fourth best player. He doesn't even play anymore. Bobby Bonilla, Danny. Uh, yeah, they're right. It's one of my favorite days every year. Um, so it reminds me of better days. So, with the Braves, I was surprised that they got to the series. I was. But then I thought they already won the series, and then it just kept going the other way. The worst thing you want to do is give a team that that felt out belief that they can win. And I think the Dodgers now believe they can win. Yes, completely so, agree. Right, I'm not a big fan of momentum. Uh, I've been in this argument a million times that momentum isn't real. That we, we, it's execution. But when a team is executing better, they feel like they can do better, and then they have higher belief. And then that belief leads to more action. More action normally leads to better results. Better results normally leads to you know believing you have more potential. Potential then leads to action, and it's a sort of the cycle that goes around. And right now the Dodgers are riding that. The Braves in this game need to strike early in order to get the feeling to go their way again. But uh, what wasn't going to be a dark fight is now uh, it has to be for the Braves to to win this game. It has to be a dark fight. And you're right. Costly mistakes starting at the top has really been the downfall of what looked like going to be a quicker series going in the Braves' Braves' favor. 
But, hey, there's a game. That means anybody can win it. You're right. I mean, I know I've on Twitter and everywhere else have been complaining and moaning and crying. I'm sorry, but I'm saying that is an unpopular opinion because it's the correct opinion. And you know what? I'll take the hate and the blame for it, but I'm calling it as I see it. And I'm pretty sure I'm accurate about it. I mean, Snit, I mean, I honestly think Tyler, Chris, Coach, any of us could go and win with the 60-game season, win the 40 games that the Braves won without doing anything because that's what Snit does. Same lineup in and in, in every same day. Nothing changes. Maybe a little tweak here and there regular three season. Travis Denard has been trash. Denard. Darnell. He, Darnell has been trash these last couple games. Trash. And yet we don't let at least Tyler Flowers, who had a really good season. One nothing but. Sweet. Okay, cool. But that's great striking early, what the uh, coach has said. But to not at least let Tyler Flowers, who had a great season, not get one game in the NLC and the NCLS, that is that's crap. I'm sorry. That's poor coaching and poor managing. And the other problem with him is he doesn't believe in his pitching because he always pulls them. And if he and he does that, it just I mean, nobody has faith, has trust in co- in the coach because Oh God! If I if I screw up here, and I pitched really well in the, these last four innings, if I screw up right here, he's gonna pull me because you know he he looks at the back of the card and this says this is what I need to do right in this situation instead of be like you know what this kid's doing really well, let me keep him in the game. But I digress. I'll go ahead and let uh, Chris make any comments on the playoffs in the MLB. I mean, first of all, I'm going to talk about the, the Rays series for a second. Uh, hats off to the Astros uh, manager, Dustin Baker. Yeah. He, did, he did a phenomenal job. He really turned that series around when he had the talking about keeping pitchers in the game. Uh, he kept Jack Lincoln in the game in the sixth inning and changed the whole momentum of that series. I know, momentum. It's not uh, a statistic, but no. I'm going to have to disagree on Big Mo here later. In, in later today's uh, uh, rundown, I'll, I'll definitely have you know to what, argue the Big Mo. You know what they say about momentum? What? It's real? It shows no favorites. No, that's true. It does not. So, uh, but you know what? It's made out of and um. Talk about how Tony's bad ruins, but um, the Braves are playing the double play. Um, but it's analytics. I feel like the analytics of the game have 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 ruined managing. Yes. Because, yes. Because you're paying too many, you're paying too much attention to um numbers, analytics, instead of using your mind. What's the most useful source in in managing and in helping? That's what makes Dustin Baker look so great. And you know, you missed that part of managing. I feel so old school. But I I I gotta disagree with you on game five, no bullpen for the for the Braves. 
I don't know if I want to start that soon though. Um, what? Four days, rest, four days rest? Four days, four full days of rest. 20 but, hours would it not make but, a difference. But, but you throw them out there and he didn't blow them up. You don't have them within six. Well, then we, we, you, 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 you weren't trying six? to play for game six. That's my point. You, I know, you I know, gave I the know. series back to the Dodgers in game five. With that crap of a call. Oh, we have a we have a two game lead. We can we can give up a game. No, you don't give up a game. You go for the win. And that's crap managing. You should never just be like, we're okay with losing today. That's what that is what you told your team. That is what you told your players. That is what you told the whole organization. We accept that we're gonna lose today because we don't want to take go all out and win the series now. Brian Snitterker would never do that. He's not that he's not he's not that savvy. He's not that smart. He is an old school coach that's trying new school techniques. Don't mind my my name of that. I'm sorry about that. It's all good. That's all I got to say about it, though. All right. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, my uh, hate for Travis, he grounds out into a double play. Uh, go ahead there, uh, Tyler. Well, I mean, first I just want to say congrats to the Rays for being in the World Series. I, I yes. did not have them there. Um, and then, you know, this game is going on right now. I mean, I, I take the Dodgers to win this series. Well, I mean, honestly, I never even thought the Braves would get to this point because – I had them losing to my Reds in the first uh, round, so so they came a lot further than what I had thought that they would. But you know, I, I I still think the Dodgers will win this game tonight, and I I gotta say that I don't think that I you gotta give the Rays a ton of credit because they just play really good team baseball. But I, I just don't know how they'll match up if they have to play the Dodgers in the World Series because they just got so many sluggers and like. Tampa, Tampa Bay just has, like, they have pretty much nobody that can just go out there and just, you know what I'm saying, like, slug away. Like, it's just a good team effort that they give, and I, I don't know if it'll be enough against a team like the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, we all predicted the Dodgers win. I even predicted the Dodgers. I did. My problem with this series is that I never thought the Braves would have a chance against the Dodgers. I thought the Braves would get, like, every other expert out there, maybe one win. Maybe a, maybe two, but one at least. But when we got jumped up on them early and fast, I was like, "We got this. We're gonna actually we're gonna make the World Series since 19, for the first time since 1999." And now it's like the Braves are braving, and it's kind of frustrating. I mean, but honestly, you playing the Braves don't have power, but of the runs are not a home run. Yeah, they they have so a lot. They they hit the power. It, it, it don't look like they hit the power. They're not like this guy. See, yeah, and I'll it's just say that, I do need to say that I am not giving the Dodgers enough credit. I, they have done everything they needed to to come back, it, even, you know, just being lucky with bad coaching on the other side. But the MVP of this series, no matter what happens, is Corey Seager. He is hands down beat the Braves. And kept he's had five home runs in this series. He is destroying us. If it wasn't for Corey Seager, the Braves swept sweep. 
the Dodgers. But Corey Seager has literally figuratively destroyed the Braves in this game or in this series. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll go ahead and keep it moving. Uh, we'll go to the big NFL games this week. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the – I. I'm disappointed in uh, the Browns versus the Steelers. Um, I actually picked the Browns to play uh, to beat the Steelers this week. I uh, didn't. I said it last week. We all kind of said it that the Steelers are the least impressive undefeated team. I still say that. I mean, their defense is legit, but they took a massive hit today with Devin Bush tearing his ACL and out for the year. Um, Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I mean, I know he's hurt, but I'm still not convinced he's a franchise quarterback. But uh, I'll go ahead and uh, pass the buck off to uh, the coach and get his thoughts on today that game. My thing is like, what's going? What goes on in Cleveland? Like you would think at some point this that the offensive side of the ball in Cleveland. I mean, tell. Honestly, let's break like break down that roster on that offensive side at least, and go like what like Beckham and Landry as your one two, Hoover tight end, right? You got well now you don't, but you did have you know Chubb and Hunt, like you you have legit tough weapons, and you can't find ways to compete to score to not be average. I don't understand what Cleveland has to do or if it's even possible to do in Cleveland. <laughs> right? Like it just in in every chance they have to earn respect, I feel like they lose more. And yeah. it's hard to believe. I feel bad for the Cleveland Brown fan base, to be honest with you. Because that has to be fuck sorry. That has to be tough. Right? And <laughs> it's just continuously go through that. It's like that's worse than being a Mets fan. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does it does it get worse in the NFL besides being a Browns fan? I mean, honestly, yeah, maybe man. Maybe man. yeah, the Lions. Yeah, the Lions have been just as bad as for just as long. Yeah, uh, I, I you have to. I mean, you say you break down that that roster from the offensive side. I mean, even for the line, they have a really they have a top line. You know, I mean, at least the top half line. So to to keep uh, struggling like they do, I mean, let's face the fact. Last year, K- Freddie Kitchens hiring was dumb. That was that made no sense. That was stupid. That was trying to be too cute. And then they go out and get the guy they probably should have hired last year, this year. And it looks like it's somewhat working, but I don't know. I don't know what happens in Cleveland. I mean. I think that team's doomed to never be anything. But, uh, Chris, what do you have on this game? I mean, they got flat out, they got their ass whooped. No, 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 thoughts about it, they got their ass whooped. I mean, every time the Browns are like that, that role that you think, you know, smack them out with you. Oh, this is it, this is it. Oh, say yes. And then what's new? Not too ass. Again, and that's what the Browns do. They take the dump right on the doorstep. And I don't know, maybe they don't. I never liked the dude. I thought that he was going to be a boss. 
นี่เราควรอินทรีย์มีบอสแต่เอาอินทรีย์ไปแล้วแพงกว่าแล้วอินทรีย์ไอ้อินทรีย์แบบเพงอินทรีย์คนอินทรีย์สมัยสมัยอะไรที่แล้วก็ไปเอวันที่ยูเนี่ยเลยอันนั้นฮัทฟ้าอินทรีย์อินทรีย์เนี่ย Yeah, I mean Chase Claypool is the real deal. I think um, they talking about a team that keeps hitting wide receiver, you know, on wide receivers after wide receivers after wide receivers in the second round. I mean James Washington, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Clay Claypool. I mean this team is just stacked. And talking about frustration is that Big Ben did nothing this today. Yeah, he didn't do that. <laughs> with that, with all the wide receivers I just named, like, I mean, he he threw some dimes. I mean, good on the Steelers. The Steelers, I mean, I, I feel like even though they're undefeated, they're one bad game away from going on a five-game losing streak. I mean, they've done it in the past. So I mean, good on them. I think they're gonna they're they still haven't played anybody good. That's my thing. They still have not played. Exactly. So, uh, Tyler, who? What do you have on this game? Yeah, I mean, I did not expect that it was going to be a blowout. Um, I mean, really, I kind of viewed this game as is for like the Browns coming out party, like they were going to show everybody that they're not who they've been for the last however many years, and then you know this happened, and you know it's unfortunate because you know. The weapons that they have, I mean, really is unreal. I mean, like if you just look at their running backs, wide receivers, tight end, I mean, they would have to be, I mean, at the very worst, like top five and just pure weapons all the way around on offense. And for whatever reason, they can't get it done. And, you know, the the Baker benching thing, I, I don't think that I know that some people are reading a lot into that and You know, there's no doubt he hasn't been the same guy that he was his rookie year. But I don't think that – I think this benching was more of um, they were afraid he was going to get killed out there against that defense than it was his play. And, you know, they never should have probably threw him out there with a rib injury against this defense anyways because we know the way that they um, can rush the uh, uh, quarterback. Yeah, well, they came out and said that Baker was pulled for aggravated rib injury. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That so I think, sense. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I think, I think he probably could have finished that game, but like you said, he was getting killed. That offensive line wasn't blocking that defense. He was getting hit left and right. Why, why, your franchise quarterback, your starting quarterback, why keep risking him? You know, it makes no sense. You're not in that game. Might as well just punt the punt the game and move on. Um. So we'll go ahead and keep moving on to the next game we we're going to talk about. Uh, this is uh, Tyler's Bengals versus the Colts. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let Tyler start this one because uh, you know it's his team, and I just want him to talk about the Bengals versus the Colts matchup. You guys should see me in the morning putting on my clown face when I try to watch this team, um, but. I mean, just a couple, I mean, things that, that I kind of got from this game. I mean, first off, I'm honestly surprised the way that the uh, offensive line uh, held up today because we've seen that, you know, this is game six, and there's only been one other time this year they've even looked remotely 
um, formidable. So, I mean, the fact that they were able to hold up today was was pretty impressive. Um, you know, the defense did not look good. Um, they let Phillip Rivers just carve him up every which way. You know, one other thing I, I, I think is is kind of important for the Bengals maybe is A.J. Green looked good today. Um, I'm glad you said that because I, I thought so too. After yeah, a week. He, he must have, li- I mean, he must have listened to us last week because we called yeah, him out. The, the the catch that he had um, towards the end of the game. I mean, just I, he looked like the old AJ Green today as much as he possibly could, and and I think that's a good sign. Um, I don't know, maybe he's starting to get in a groove now, um, which would be nice. And then, you know, Burrow, he looked good up until pretty much the final play of the game. Um, I mean, he made a rookie mistake, and, um, I mean, he he didn't see the guy there, and he threw it right to him. And, you know, he's a rookie, and, and he made a mistake. And Give him a line. Just give that guy a line, please. Yeah, I know. And, you know, yeah. I mean, and like I said, you know, they, they actually – held up very well today i mean they actually did a really good job today against uh a, a really good colts defense um to my surprise because i honestly didn't think their defense would be this good but you know they've been really good um this year so i give them credit today but you know there's no doubt about it you know they might they might pull out a few good games this year you know offensive line wise but we know that they're voided of talent there um on the offensive line yeah, every every blind squirrel finds a nut now and then, and that's the Bengals' offensive line. A whole bunch of blind squirrels running around trying to hopefully find something. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just go ahead and speak about it really fast before passing it along. Um, AJ Green must have listened, like I said, because he went out and balled today. Uh, T. Higgins is gonna be a legit wide receiver in the league. Tyler Boyd is still what he is. Joe Mixon just needs an offensive line. I feel sorry for the guy. He is a talented running back that can't get anything going because he's getting hit two yards, be, be, you know, behind the line of scrimmage every time. Um, the Colts, Philip Rivers, he's not the same quarterback. I mean, even when he, I mean, he torched you guys, but I mean, he struggled. He made, you know, some bonehead moves like he always does. I mean, just watch him. He, he it was like. His throwing motion is way off than what it usually is. He's, I mean, this Colts team is four and two. Um, I don't, they're going to make the playoffs, I think. I, I think they're, I mean, obviously, we had, I had the Texans and the Titans or the Texans and the Colts. So, uh, yeah, I think the Colts definitely make the uh, playoffs still with the Phillip Rivers, but I don't think they're going to go far. Um, Phillip Rivers probably won't even have a job next year. He's struggling. He's making a lot of bonehead moves. He's like, I think the defense is the reason they're four and two. Um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this now so I can get it out there before next week. I have the Bengals beating the Browns already. Uh, the Bengals have been in almost every game of the season besides the Ravens game last week. Uh, they just completely got torched by a great defense. Um, but the Bengals are going to win a couple games. They have got one and they have tied one. Um, but I'm sorry, what? They're going to win a couple games. I said that. I have them winning four games. So, oh, shocker. Okay. Yeah, they're still not that good. No, that's still not the issue. That defense is getting torched left and right. Um, but I'll go ahead and pass it along uh, to the coach and give, let, give his thoughts on today's game. 
Listen, if the Browns lose to the Bengals next week, I don't know. There might be a civil war in Ohio. Like, I don't <laughs> If the Browns do that, like, they're not – the Bengals are not supposed to compete at the level of winning games against the Browns right now because the Browns are supposed to be three years ahead. Uh, so, if that does happen – it's going to be very interesting talking to some from some of my people from Ohio and the area and the fans of that of those teams because it'll be a devastating realization to where the Browns organization is at this point and how the Bengals are supposed to be years behind and are already at that same level. That being said, um, the Bengals did today what the Bengals should have done today. Where and what I mean by that is that they jumpstart early and they looked really good. And then they're a team that's in a transformation of what it was to what it's going to be. And they have pieces in place. I think we can say that as of right now, Burroughs looks like the real deal. Um, Mixon does look solid already. Imagine what a better line. Right? Uh, A.J. Green, I'm, I'm glad to see him back playing football. Um, maybe a weapon, <laughs> maybe another weapon here uh, would be nice for that offense. Uh, but that team is being built. So it's the Colts said this year they were going all in. Bringing Philip Rivers in was kind of saying we're still trying to compete for something. It, you don't bring in a aging quarterback to say we're rebuilding. Right? That's silly. So they're still trying to compete, and they should have came back and won as the teams are right now. But it's impressive to see the growth of the Bengals every week. And I'm not a Bengals fan by any means of the word. But it's impressive to see their growth so early, so quickly, and how they're evolving. And if I'm a Bengals fan, if I was, I should be kind of excited about the way they're building this team and how it looks like they're hitting on big hits, right? Like, you don't want to miss on Burroughs. If he was bad, it sucks, right? Uh, Mixon, that's a, that they're hitting on the area, and the, the, the picks that they're hitting on, they needed to hit on to be able to keep this thing moving. Uh, in the right direction, and it, it appears like they're hitting on those. So as bad as it sucks to lose a game where you're like, damn, we had a chance to win it, it's awesome to see the growth and the, compet- the, the team competing at that level when really in the process they're not supposed to be at this point. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, they offensively they've been hitting it out of the park on the draft picks. Defensively, kind of been hit here and there. I mean, they traded up. Was it traded up or did they have that early pick, uh, Tyler, and they took Logan Wilson out of Wyoming? Um, I don't think they traded up for that pick. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that one was kind of a reach, and he's not looking too solid yet of the year. Um, Yeah, I mean, they have the weapons. They have the offense. They have everything on the offense besides the line. Um, The only part of the line that they have covered is Jonah Williams. He's looking like a solid right tackle, left tackle in the NFL after missing his rookie year. This so pretty much this is his rookie year. So uh, they're hitting there. Hopefully they can keep hitting there. So uh, before we, uh, I pass it along to Chris to get his thoughts. I just have to say Austin Riley hit or not Austin Riley, but Danzy Swanson just hit a single home run. Braves up 2-0. Uh, go ahead there, Chris. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking about. Um, 
lots of news on that from here. Um, <laughs> it's not possible. Hidden Metal Lit Cattle is nothing, but Hidden Metal Lit Cattle is really not hard. It is to find a lot that on the front. Yeah, a lot of teams struggle at it. So, you know, it, a lot of a lot of that does is just like my fellow who, you know, usually hit on the quarterback. Unless you're like the Jets or the Browns or the Jaguars, you hit on the quarterback. But it's a lot harder to hit on offensive linemen. It's a lot harder to hit on some of these defensive uh, linemen positions. Um, this defense is in a transition period of two. I, I don't even know if they're in the right defense. They have all these guys that are playing, that are three, four kind of guys, and they're playing a four, three in this defense, and they just look like they're out of sorts. Yeah, they, they, they should be a three, four defense. I, they're all, they're just one more year, and then they say, okay, you have to bring in somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then if that doesn't work, you know, bye, bye, bye. But yeah, uh, Rivers, how about Philip Rivers throwing three touchdowns to Hall and Bomb? Okay, all right. He just closed up the Bengals defense at the Benson and Toki. Yeah, that's not, not, that's not, that's not really something you should be like saying, oh yeah, he's a good running and, quarterback. And he's, the he's a, I did, I just say he's, he's, he's no longer the same quarterback that he once was. Um, and let's go ahead and say, and we both agreed that that Jack Doyle wasn't a touchdown. Nick Markakis. Strikes out, not swinging again. That's like three times in this playoffs that he's done not swung on two two or three two to keep the bat alive. Sorry, go ahead. Hey, oh, sorry to interrupt. A funny story. You guys keep using Nick Marcus. He was with uh, the Shorebirds in Salisbury, Maryland, which is pretty close to where I am. And uh, me and this dude multiple times, almost got an altercation years ago. And I used to say hilarious things in my opinion to him. He did not find them hilarious at all. And uh, he always said, he was like, I'm going to make it and we're going to kick your ass and all this weird stuff. And uh, and I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, like this, they're one game away from making it to the World Series. And if they win that, would he actually like – Look back to say something towards me because he said he was going to do it. <laughs> that, <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go ahead and say if that happens, you need to keep us informed. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be impressive if you did it. I'd be like, damn, that was a hell of a shot you called and you hit it. Like, good job. But, yeah, uh, it was some fun days back then. But it was just funny yeah, that I mean, you guys keep mentioning. Oh my god, it's Nick Markakis was good, and he had, but this year. I much rather him state opted out. He has been awful this year. He, I mean, he was so good the, last year. He had a miracle season. Um, yeah. So we'll just keep moving. I mean, I mean not long ago, I was thinking this might be the next guy that can hit three thousand. 
Yeah, he he's over twenty five hundred, I think now. Yeah, he's almost thousand, man. But you know, mm-hmm. playing a little bit longer than thousand, but you know, that might not happen. He's he's not, he's at twenty three. He would have to play for a good while. He's only at two thousand three hundred eighty eight hits, so he's still over you know seven hundred hits away or six hundred hits away. He, and he's already been in the league since two thousand and six, so. I don't know if he has many more years left to be able to get to 3,000. But uh, anybody else have any thoughts or things uh, on the Bengals-Colts game since we keep uh, sidetracking because of me? (laughs) And your girlfriend in the background. We'll move on. Okay. So uh, I'm sorry again, Coach. I'm going to have to vent a little bit more because I'm a Packer fan. And – the third game we're going to talk about today is my Green Bay Packers versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. And let's go ahead and talk about Mo, uh, Big Mo here. Uh, Packers started off hot. They looked like they were going to easily win this game, play this game, and then the pick six happened. Okay, pick six. It was. I was glad it happened, you know, at least the interception, because everybody's like, oh, he hasn't thrown an interception. He hasn't thrown an interception. Just get it out of the way. Fine, cool, whatever. We're still in the game. And then – the second interception happened, which should have never happened because a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defender was horrifically offsides, and they didn't call it. Um, but that's not what I want to vent about. I want to vent about our defense. I want to vent about our defensive coordinator, Mike Petson. He is a joke. He is holding us back, just like with the Braves. We have way too much talent, way too much Ooh, draft capital. On this defense to be struggling. No, you're fine. Struggling like they are. We can't stop the run. The middle of the field has been a problem for years. And Gronkowski, we made Gronkowski look like Gronkowski again today. And that's 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 not good. Um, And I said it. I said it on the podcast. I tweeted it, I think. I said, if you have Gronkowski, this is the week to play him. Because the Packers can't stop the middle of the field. They they don't have somebody who can compete against a tight end on the deep defensive line or defense. And let's just say this on third and like short, our defensive coordinator puts a nose tackle into coverage. Oh no, right? No, it was, it was in the middle of the field, but we put a nose tackle into coverage. I mean, the guy makes bonehead move calls. He can't coach talent anymore. I mean, he was, considered one of the top defensive coordinators back in the day. I mean, that's why he got the Browns head coaching job back in the day, but it's time to move on from this experience. It's not, let's not do what Mike McCarthy did. Hold on to Don Capers for years and years. When we struggled, we have the defense of players there. We have the talent there. We can't sit here and waste more years of Aaron Rodgers or years of these talented players on another crappy defensive coordinator. Let's move on. It's, we struggled today. No Packer player showed up after a bye, which is concerning that not a single Packer showed up to play. Um, I don't know what to say. I, this game was disappointing in all fronts of the fields. Um, I hope I don't. I hope that the Packers are not pretenders. This is about the time of the year you start seeing the pretenders get beaten down. I mean, the Tampa Bay Bucks are a good team. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They have a good defensive line. Uh, they proved that today. Uh, I mean, poor Aaron Rodgers was running for his life as well. 
So, uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about this game. I hope next week is a lot better. And I, I saw the perfect gif about from a Packers uh, people out there, you know, where it says, you know, at least we're not the one in five Vikings. Because <laughs> we all in this group here had the Vikings win in the division. At least we're still in Tidewind first and we're undefeated in the division. So I'll go ahead and pass the buck to our guest, the coach, and get his thoughts on the game. I don't think I ever rooted for the Packers so much as I did today. Oh, uh, which was... Oh, you're the reason why. See, it's all clear. Yeah. All right. I never, I never root for the Packers. I don't know. I don't know the last time I rooted for the Packers, to be honest with you. Um, and I did today because it, I, I'm a Panther fan. So clearly I don't like the Bucks. Normally, I'm not a big Brady fan, not a big Gronk fan. So, uh, it was really like the trifecta of crap for me to see this happen, especially the way the Packers started 10 of 10. I was, I was like, oh, good, it's blowing early. Let's go. And I turn it back, and it's like, what the hell happened? Um, so my question really, I'm not even going to talk much about this one. I'm going to ask a question back, and everybody can talk about this, or no one can talk about it, really. It's up to you guys. The Packers, with Aaron Rodgers, won Super Bowl. Won. I feel like that is not enough to have that guy and that team and that's some of the weapons they have to just have one. Yeah, you think? Uh, but that, but, that, but that, that's my personal opinion. I don't know. That's that's my take on it. I feel like they, it's it's that that's every Packers fan's take on it. No good. I, I mean, one. like, even Brett Favre got two. I mean, he no, got Brett Favre has one. He no, got, he got two. two, though. Yeah, that's and why I hate the Broncos. Got in the one. So, I, I've mentioned it already. Uh, Mike McCarthy held on to a, a really crappy defensive coordinator for too long. Don Capers, we had we had talent back then. We were wait we. We drafted talent. We drafted a whole bunch of players that we could never get to become something. We would never spend free agency. Ted Thompson also was an issue back in the day. He he refused to sign free agents. He refused to pay people. He wouldn't do anything in the draft, and he started drafting really bad and started missing a lot. Uh, so there's a lot of issues back the pack, and Mike McCarthy refused to change his offense. I'm Mike McCarthy. This is my way. This is the only way. NFL's changing, Mike. This is my way. This is how I'm going to win games. Well, you're winning games because Aaron Rodgers is winning games for you. It's foul. Um, so, yes, Aaron Rodgers should be in more uh, Super Bowls and should win more. I thought with the Mike Petting, because I was excited about the Pets and hiring at first because he was a top defensive coordinator. Um and I thought he could do something for us, but he is not it. Uh, the big thing, too, about the Packers and not winning more is uh, the one time we did win the Super Bowl is the one time Aaron Rodgers had a top 15 defense. Aaron Rodgers can't do it all. Aaron Rodgers has carried this team to multiple ends. Remember, Aaron Rodgers has been more to more NFC championship games than Brett Favre ever did. He's just won one because, well, a fluke. We should have beat Seattle that one year. And uh, any other time I can think of the name, the tight end who completely and utterly 
goes for an onside kick when Jordy Nelson is sitting right there behind him, just like, dude, just move. Let me catch this ball. One of the best wide receivers in the game was sitting right there waiting for that ball to hit him. And then the tight end comes like, I can get this ball that's 10 feet above me. So Aaron Rodgers has been there. He's done more for the Packers that Brett Favre did, you know, make it further. So, yeah, I mean, I can go on all day and speak about the Packers and the issues that we've had and the reasons we're not where we should be sometimes. But I'll go ahead and uh, let Tyler talk about this game. Yeah, I mean, I was actually really disappointed by this game just for like a viewing um, reason because I thought it would be a really good game uh, to watch. And that ended up not being the case. I mean, because it was a blowout, you know, rather quickly. Um, you know, but I think that we have to give some big time credit to the Buccaneers defense because I know that before the season started, um, I, I said that, you know, their defense, they have a lot of talent, but. A lot of it is pretty young, and I didn't know if they were ready. But so far, um, they're showing that they are ready to um, play at a high level in the NFL. And they showed that today because they really shut Aaron Rodgers down today. Um, uh, he did not have a good day, and I think that Buccaneers defense had um, a lot to do with it. Yeah, the Aaron was torching them at the beginning, and then the interception pick six happened. And then the bad pick that should have never happened was the end of the game for us. Uh, but the one thing about the Packers is don't expect this performance many times. Uh, Aaron will go and scream, coach, yell at everybody, and get this offense back on track. Uh, and an under-key player that they mentioned a little bit throughout the pot of the game that really changed our offense was Tyler Irvin. He's the third down back, third running back on the roster. He is the big guy that we use in motion to help set up our run game, and he was out with a wrist injury. So this week we did not use a lot of motions on our run game, and you could see that it wasn't working as well. So uh, I hope he comes back fast because he definitely helps the offense more than people know. Chris, what do you have on the game? Um. Aaron Rodgers has the same uh, answer to in appearances as Brett Favre. Really. Brett Favre has won two innocent championship games and one Super Bowl. But principally, they had a friend to live with. They had good offenses, but didn't eat lessons, and it fell short. Uh. Aaron Rodgers and the Aaron Rodgers had one good defense. One. You can look that up all day long, and I can tell you he's had one top 15 defense in his career. And that's the year we finally he took us to the Super Bowl. And I mean, oh, 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 sorry. Mark had uh what Reggie White with uh with 12 Buckley and all those guys. Yeah, that Leroy Butler Yeah, well we Brett should have won too. I mean John Elway robbed us. John Elway had a great performance and robbed us. I hate John Elway because of it. I hate the Broncos because of it. We should have had two under Brett Favre. You are correct. Anyway, going back from the game, wow. Wow. I did not think so. I thought it was your own thing. Yeah. I thought it was five. five. How are you that bad? You were unprepared. Really, 
Really did. No, they played, remember that fourth down. Four down? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was, that was midnight. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it looked really bad a lot. It looked bad a lot. It looked bad on defense. That secondary looked worse than I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean, again, nobody came to play today. Nobody. Not a single. The Tampa Bay Bucks offense of line is not that good, and we couldn't get pressure on Tom Brady with all of our pass rush, with Kenny Clark back, with Zadarius, with Preston, with Rashawn, Gary. Kenny Clark was back? Yeah, Kenny Clark was back. I didn't know. Yeah, you did it. That's what I'm saying. Nobody came to play today. Nobody. I think that bounced bounced back, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is the name was, uh, you're like, oh, Matt was in it. Oh, yeah, it's that next week. Be fine. I agree. Um, it's just a bad week. I, I still, Petsy needs to go. Petsy won't go midseason. That you really, you don't get rid of coordinators usually in the middle of the season. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a tape where you, this is a game you watch the tape and you just cringe every play, every play you cringe because nobody came to play, nobody wanted them. I mean, we look. The defense looked decent at the beginning, and then those two interceptions happened, and that was the game. And again, like I'll I'll say it a thousand times, and it's a thousand times not enough. That second interception should not have counted. That defensive player was literally past the ball was snapped, and they did not call it. It was blatant, obvious, and it's crap that it wasn't called. Um, and. The most penalized team in football did not get penalized throughout that whole game, and the least penalized team in football got the penalized the most in that game. Just going to say a little Brady magic. Going on yeah, but uh, yeah, I, the Packers will bounce back. We'll go ahead and keep moving on to our uh, Monday night predictions. Um, Monday night. Uh, are we going to talk about both games Monday night, or just we just want to talk about uh, the the main Monday night football game? We didn't release. Okay, so we'll go ahead and start talking about the first one, which is on Amazon Prime. Go ahead, give them a shout out because you know Amazon. You know, wish maybe somebody will cover us one day. Uh, you got the, you got the Chiefs versus the Bills. I'll go ahead and let uh our guest, the coach, give his predictions on the first game tomorrow: Chiefs versus Bills. Listen, Bills want to be taken serious. This is another game so far. I think they've like one on one in games where you were like they might lose this game. So. Uh, for them, it's a huge step to be able to prove themselves. I think they're a little embarrassed from the Titans game. Uh, that being said, I pick Kansas City. Yeah, I can't argue that. Uh, I want to pick the Bills, but after Kansas City get beat by Oakland in their house for the first time in a long time, uh, I think Kansas City comes out and plays. And even though it's at Buffalo, I have Kansas City winning this game as well. This is, I think, Patrick Mahomes goes off and. Speaking, going back a little bit from this podcast, Dak Prescott's injuries, uh, Patrick Mahomes needs to take notice because that dude runs around and does all this craziness and then makes a beautiful throw. Dude, you got 6'6", 350-pound men running 4'5s and 4'6s and 4'4s. Dude, you keep doing that, you're going to get smashed and get hurt. So he needs to be a little bit more smart on how he plays ball because he's just one hit away from not being relevant. But I also have the Chiefs winning tomorrow. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a high scoring event. It should be a good game to watch. But I have the Chiefs winning. Chris, I want to pick the Bills, but I can't pick the Bills. 
At the end of his career, when the game yeah, started yeah. to change. Yeah, when the game started to change, and he got older. Travis Mahomes gets older. I hope his game starts to change, but right now, I think he's okay. Um, Okay, Tyler, what do you have for the predictions? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you guys. I mean, pretty much all of us have said it. I want to be able to pick the Bills. I just can't. Um, But I I do think they will show up for this game, and I think it's a close game. I think it's um, an entertaining game. But at the end of the day, I I think that it might come down to like a last – last drive by Mahomes and I just got to take Kansas City and I'll say 31-27. Yeah. Uh we'll go ahead and move on to the final uh game and our final things for the evening and that's the Cal- uh Carol uh Jesus I keep wanting to say Carolina. Uh Cardinals versus Cowboys. Um and I'll go ahead and let the the coach talk about this game and his predictions. This is probably the hardest game of the the week for me just cuz I don't know. I don't know what the Cowboys are going to look like, what they believe like, what, what they're thinking. And this team, to me, just has so much potential and so much talent. And they were just underachieving like crazy this year. And, God, it's like a piece of me wants to save them just because I think they'll come out with a lot of energy, wanting to prove themselves, wanting to win one for that, kind of like what they were talking about after our last game. Uh but I'm I'm gonna go Arizona. <laughs> oh, wow. I just think the problems with the Cowboys like just a fundamental building flaw. So bad coaching by Mike McCarthy. <laughs> of course, that's part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they really got the coaching answer correct. I think some of their players. I think they take mental plays off, and it's hard to think a team that wants to be taken at that high a level takes mental reps off. Uh, and I don't think they can. I don't think they can take mental reps off and still win games consistently. So I'll go with Arizona. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and give my thoughts, and then I'll pass it along. Um, I this is. I also agree with Coach. This is a very hard game to predict. I keep going back and forth on this game. Um, I predicted Kyler Murray to be an MVP candidate this year. Uh, Kyler, he takes a lot of plays. I shouldn't say plays off. He's just I don't know why he doesn't throw – he's not throwing as well as he did last year. He's running a lot more. Um, but this is a game where Kyler Murray can go off. The Cowboys, like he says, they take reps off. They don't have a great secondary. Um, the wide receivers for Carolina, even Clace or Kenyon Drake can really go off. This is – but I want to pick Arizona – I want to pick the Cowboys. I'm. It's like a coin flip, and really, I'm just gonna go with the home team. I'm gonna take Dallas this game. I think. Uh, I think the injury, the the Dak is really just gonna want to motivate yeah, this I'm team. Out. Um, really want to motivate what? this motivate this team to win and prove, you know, just just to do it for the skipper, pretty much, you know, for uh, for Dak. Uh, 
I hope Dak really still be the team leader and can be at least on the sideline for the team during these games and, you know, try to, get, you know, say it's okay, let Andy Dalton play. Um, but the offense, it's a great offense. This could easily be another shootout because neither of these teams have great defenses. Um, but I'm just going to go with the, I'm going to go with Andy Dalton and the boys here. And it's going to be like a 35, 28, you know, it's going to be a high scoring affair, but I got the Cowboys. Chris. Um, well, I have the Cardinals win in the division. Um, I think the Cowboys come out and they look motivated, but I think the defense lets them down, and I got Arizona winning in the shootout. I'm going to go, I'm going to say a lot, 56 to 49 or something. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, the over-under is 55 and a half, so you're really, you're saying one team's going to get that. Yeah, that that thing, and I, that's also I didn't mention. I think that's another reason I'm going with the boys not having their pass rusher is really going to affect them. Um, Tyler, what do you have for the game? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. This isn't a hard game for me to pick at all because um, I watched Andy Dalton play eight years, um, <laughs> and I've seen him in. Yeah. I've seen him in prime time. I've seen him Monday night. I've seen him Thursday night. I've seen him on playoffs. And I know that on a game like uh, tomorrow night, when the lights are going to be shining bright, um, he's going to wet the bed again. And, you know, I mean, it's just the facts. I mean, next week we'll have to recap and I'll have to tell tell, – Anybody who picked the Cowboys that I was right again, uh, because this is just this is just who he is. Um, you know, the Bengals had plenty of really good teams when they went up on these Monday night games too, and you know he just never was able to get the job done. He won't be able to here either. Um, I've got the Cardinals thirty-four twenty. Fourteen point win. Wow, that's yeah. You're not. You're really. You're really yeah, hating no on Andy. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that that is the true haterade of Andy Dalton from Tyler. No, if I've ever heard it. It's not. It's not haterade at all. I mean, I just. I, I people who <laughs> people who have, people who haven't watched the Bengals, you know, faithfully for years to see the way this guy plays when it's. When it's uh, you know, the lights are the brightest, just they don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, if this was a regular Sunday game, I might pick it pick differently. But yeah. you can't trust him on. You can't trust him in primetime games. We've seen it over and over and over again. Yeah, uh, I understand. I mean, Andy has not always been there on the big games. He's always kind of like you said, wet the blanket when it comes to big games. Um, so I understand what you're saying. Uh, so that's it, folks. Uh, thank you for listening. I'll go ahead and pass it off to the coach if he wants to give himself a shout out or anything. Uh, coach, what do you have? Oh, I love giving myself shout outs. <laughs> uh, I think I gave myself the most shout outs of anybody ever gave themselves. But uh, no, uh, really, guys, it was a pleasure uh, being on and getting to talk sports with you guys again. I miss it. So anytime I get the opportunity, especially with uh, some guys that go back in the day a little, a little bit with. Um, it's fantastic. I love what you guys are doing, how you're doing it. Keep it up. Any way I can support you guys, let me know. And uh, thanks again for letting me come on and talk a little sports. I love it. No, thank you. You're an amazing guest, one of the best ones we've had. So we really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Um, 
we'll go ahead and sign off. Uh, this is uh, Matt at Brunelli Sports. Again, that's B as in boy, R-U-N-E-L-L-I at sports. Uh, Chris? I have one thing. Your quarterback did it though. My quarterback did not let the bed. Something hold the it's going to be. Alright, thanks for the thanks for the help coming on uh Twitter at Tyler. Go Brad. Go Brad. Yeah, uh you can find me on Twitter at T underscore demand and you can find our show's Twitter at A T Misfits Pod. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook at the All Time Misfit Podcast. And again, uh, don't forget to like and review on uh, iTunes. Thank you. Have a great night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.